Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Locum Story. Are you curious about locum tenums and how it might fit into your career? At locumstory.com, you can hear firsthand stories about the different reasons physicians choose locums and how it works for them. Visit locumstory.com to learn more. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, today I wanted to spend a few moments talking about bonds. Here I am recording this in very, very, very tail end of September 2023. And we were in this environment today in the investment world where finally those of us that that have money and more conservative things are starting to make a little dough. The prior episode, episode number 37, I went through kind of a history of interest rates where I talked a bit about the difference between the Federal Reserve and how the Fed has interest rates versus 10-year treasuries. And I thought as I, I look at, at bonds today, I thought I'd walk you through a little bit of research I did as I think about where on the yield curve that I want to be. The yield curve being bonds um, that have whole different variety of lengths to maturity. So for example, a, a very, very short term bond or money market type rates would be zero to one. Whereas a two-year treasury, for example, goes out for, of course, two years, five years and 10 years and 30 years and so on. So the yield curve being where do you want to be in terms of maturity in order to get the yield that you're looking for? And what I was noticing as I was looking at some very specific investments on different parts of the yield curve was that some, the yield had drastically increased. On others, they, they had increased, but not nearly as drastically. And so I set a little bit of homework for myself to say, okay, which, which ones have been doing it? Which ones have not? And I had a hypothesis coming into it that I believed that there would be a big difference in the yield curve between different maturities as you looked at essentially a zero to one year versus two or three year versus five or six or seven years versus 30 years. And I was a little surprised by some of the results. So to give you an idea of what I'm looking at, I'm looking at an ETF, let's call it XYZ ETF. This ETF started out in 2021 with a share price that basically hadn't changed in the last 
two and a half plus years. What it was then is the same as it is now. On the other hand, the distributions that it's paying, it has drastically increased. So at the beginning of 2021, it was paying two and a half cents per share dividend or interest on it, which about the same as a 0.6% yield. If you looked in 2022, this same thing, practically the same price, the yield actually was a little bit lower at the very beginning of 2022. So it was 1.7 cents rather than 2.4 cents with a yield of 0.4%. So the yield went from like 0.57 to 0.4. At the very beginning of this year in 2023, bam, the yield increased 10x. So in one year, the yield increased from zero, from 1.7 cents instead to 17 cents. So the distribution per share went 10x and the yield, because the price uh, changed, also went up 10x. So it went from 0.4 to 4%. Fast forward eight months later into 2023, that share amount paid per share has increased yet again from 17 cents to 25. So if you look at at that, the current yield is closer to 6% today. So we went from 0.6 to 0.4 to 4 to 6% in yield. So huge change, right? From getting nothing almost practically to getting like 6% today. You look at money markets, it's very, very similar. The, the rates went even lower in a lot of cases. And the yield, if you look at a lot of money markets today, might be four and a half to five and a half, something like that. So you see a very similar correlation to money market because this is very short-term debt, short-term bonds, less than a year on average. Now, in comparison, if you look at another product, let's just call it ABC ETF for the, the sake of the discussion here. In 2020, it was paying a dividend of 13 cents, and that was a yield of 1.9. So the yield was way higher than our prior one that we were looking at that was very short-term debt. So it didn't go down as low. It didn't go to zero. It was still yielding close to 2%, 1.9. If you look at what did at the end of 2021, the yield also decreased, similar to what we were just looking at, to where it was $0.10 cents a share, which led to a yield of 1.5%. So it went from close to 2 to 1.5. Again, never went below zero. Well, by the end of, of 2022, beginning of 2023, the yield went to $0.17. Cents. So it increased by like 70%, but it wasn't a 10x like we were looking at before. So the overall yield went from 1.9 at the at the beginning of 2021 to 1.5 at the beginning of 2022 to 2.7% at the beginning of 2023. If you look at where it's at today, this uh, now is 21 cents. So it has doubled, more than doubled from the bottom of where the yield was on an annual basis, which the yield now is 3.5%, which the yield has also doubled. Now, what's interesting about this particular 
investment, which we're calling ABC ETF for the, the sake of conversation here, the price declined. Remember our first one, the price was like the same. It hadn't changed at all. Whereas here, the price actually declined by 13%. So part of the yield increase was the, the increase in the distributions that are happening from this investment. But part of it as well, too, was because the price is lower. So now you're getting a higher yield on a lower price. All right. So that's, that's this particular investment. And now for a quick commercial break. Everyone has a story, different needs, wants, and goals, and how to attain them. Your story determines your solution. Whatever your situation, your story, locum tenums should be part of the conversation. How do you find out if locums can be a good option for you? Well, start your research, my friends, by visiting an online, unbiased educational resource like locumstory.com. Now's the perfect time to explore locums opportunities and see how it may fit into your career. The variety of options might even surprise you. At locumstory.com, you can find firsthand stories about the different reasons why physicians choose locums and the ins and outs of how locum tenants works. Get a comprehensive review of locums and decide if it's right for you at locumstory.com. And now back to the show. The next one is an intermediate bond that follows the aggregate bond index. So in this case, the yield was 12.5 cents, which led to a yield of 1.27% at the very beginning of 2021. A year later, the yield virtually was unchanged. So it was a close to 12 cents still, a little bit lower, but not a lot. So it was a yield of 1.23%, practically the same for all intents and purposes. At the beginning of 2023, that had doubled in the distribution. So it was about 22 cents a share, which was about a 2.8% yield. So again, it's, it's climbed up in yield, more than doubled from where it was. And today, the same aggregate bond uh, is having a distribution of 26 cents in the latest month, which would be the equivalent of 3.31%. So it started lower, but it hasn't gotten as high, but it is awfully close right this moment. These average maturities are like six, seven, eight years old, as opposed to the last one we were looking at, ABC fund, we'll call it is is more two, three, four years. So significantly less than maturity compared to the first one we were looking at, which had more than a 10x increase in yield, has even higher with no price change. So if we look at, at this intermediate bond fund, just as I was saying with the last one, the price did significantly decrease. The first one we were looking at went uh, was flat. The second one went down thir 13%. This particular one went down by 20%, 20% in price. So a dramatic decrease on price on top of the double in the distributions. And so this is how we're seeing practically the difference of duration 
and how longer maturities are more volatile when you're having parallel moves in the yield curve where everything's kind of moving about the same in yield and everything in the yield curve now is yielding more than it used to. So, for example, today, if you didn't buy uh, an ETF for those, those kinds of, of vehicles, the you could go out today and buy a U.S. Treasury bond if you wanted to. You could buy a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond that's yielding 4.55%. This, for me, as, as a financial advisor, is kind of frustrating because you can go and buy a money market, like I mentioned, for 45 to 5.5%, but yet some of these investments we were just talking about that have a longer duration, the income that investors could get off of these things aren't matching what you could get from a 10-year treasury today. The reason being you have all this old stuff that's working its way through. So while these same investments can go out and buy things that are yielding four and a half or five, five and a half, maybe even 6%, depending on what kind of credit quality that they're looking at, you still have the old stuff, which has declined in price, but hasn't declined in price enough to have the same yield as though you bought something brand new off the market, with the exception of that ultra short-term XYZ fund we were talking about earlier. So as I look at these opportunities, as I look at, at bonds, I'm a bit leery still of an intermediate term type bond where if yields continue to increase, we're not getting the same yield as something brand new and you're having a price decline at the same time and you're getting a, a worse decline than something that's shorter term. Now, at some point, the worm turns. At some point, yields will more than likely flip the other direction and you'll have a decrease in yield rather than an, an increase. And that will be good for these longer term opportunities we were just talking about because now uh, you will have a price increase in those kinds of investments, assuming that the credit quality and stuff is still the same. And so I'm personally very interested in going longer on the yield curve. But you can see that the yield just hasn't caught up yet. We're getting almost two times the yield by being in short-term stuff rather than the longer-term stuff. But you can, you can imagine this might quickly change. We've seen in eight months that yields have increased by 0.2%. Seven to 0.6% on some of these things. So I believe that they will continue to catch up. The yields and the distributions will continue to increase. And as they do, that's going to make these more and more and more attractive. Maybe interest rates do get a little bit higher. Most of the prognosticators seem to indicate that, yeah, the, the Fed's likely to raise rates more. That's likely to impact 10-year U.S. treasuries or, or intermediate type bonds and mortgages making things a little more expensive and making these kinds of investments more and more attractive. Because gosh, if you can get a 6 or 7 or 8% rate of return with little risk, 
what a great investment is that? It starts to make stocks look kind of bad when you're getting such great yield on income investments. So all that being said, you know, I think for, for someone that's a buy and hold and adjust kind of a person, if you have intermediate term bonds already, I wouldn't suggest selling them because they're a much, much better price today than they were before. If you've done what I've done for, for the vast majority of our clients, and we have a lot of things that are shorter term in nature and not intermediates, it's time to start thinking about, hey, maybe we want to come up with, with a strategy on shifting to something that's more intermediate. You could do it today. It might hurt you a little bit or some, but I don't imagine it being the same negative 20% decline we've seen in intermediate term bonds over the last few years. And plus, now you're getting a much higher yield than you were a couple of years ago. Remember, we were looking at 1.3% in 2021 and 2022. And today, now you're getting paid 3.3%, working its way till 4, 45 5%. So, which can help to make up for some of those price fluctuations. So I hope this educates you a little bit on how to be thinking about bonds and at least how I'm thinking about it and give you some, some feedback and thoughts on how we look going forward. If you have any questions, you want to take a look over these things. Together would be my honor and my pleasure to help. Feel free to reach out to my assistant, Robbie, assistant at David Deniston. Thank you so much, my friends. Appreciate you. Remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant, and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction which we're not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. 
This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mention insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an additional insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.davidenniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.